Bashir to outlaw the existence of podcasters whenever they hear us say it. This is lame. Do you want to do a little bonus lame thing where I read this article? Yeah, man. All right, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, just a little, just some special lame content for you. Oh, wow. This is, uh, um, this is, I want to, I just have one article to read, but it was kind of long and I didn't want to put it in the main episode. It's, this article came out, it came out, uh, November 1st, it's the 7th now, so it came out six days ago. And we've talked a lot on this podcast about uh, batteries, lithium batteries, and electric vehicles and stuff or whatever. The uh, Ford Motor Company. The Ford Motor Company in the SK Holding Group. Um, These, I have an article to read for you that may give us an image as to what a future with more and more lithium batteries in our lives may produce, right? And this comes to us from Vice Motherboard, which has now been rolled in, but I used to be, man, when I was younger, every fucking day I had the fucking email list from Motherboard, man. I was really into, I kind of can't believe they're still around, whatever. Um, Title, everyone thought the warehouse was abandoned. Then it caught fire. The cause of the fire what was inside has potentially profound ramifications for a clean energy future. Remember, we're getting this gigantic, like multi-billion dollar Ford SK battery plant in, you know, Harlan. Where the fuck is it going? No, it's not going in Harlan. It's it's going somewhere else, but it's not in Harlan. Is it going in a Hardin County? Hardin I County? just remember an H. Perhaps. Whatever. It's going in Kentucky. And it's more largely going in Tennessee because their laws are more fucked up. Whatever. Their battery manufacturing is going to become a big part of our life. As Kentuckians. I mean, not for me personally, but generally. A lot of people will be working at it. So it's probably good to get yourself associated with the hazards of lithium batteries. Right? This is going to be our asbestos. No, Aaron Cole is Kentucky's asbestos. Well, no, we're all walking around with little bombs in our pockets. Well, that's great. I mean, I don't think, but it doesn't... Look, let me say this, Aaron. I think almost everything about modern life may one day be revealed to be our asbestos, quote-unquote. Do you know what I mean? Although, man, digression. No one does it like asbestos does, man. What a great material. Asbestos is like... perfect insulator i was fiber i was reading the other day that the one of the like like early 2000s subarus famously have bad gat head gasket issues right and i was reading the other day a theory that was like the reason they were so bad is that in the early 2000s when subaru moved away from head gaskets made out of asbestos and they had yet and they did not discover a they didn't discover a better modern material that could replace asbestos with less obvious health effects or whatever Have you seen that uh, that uh u.s uh civil service video about using asbestos in asphalt what they used to put asbestos in the roads hell yeah that sounds very strong very it was. powerful um also very strong against uh every american's life mm-hmm. um whatever let's let shall we read mm-hmm Mary Olson, a lifelong resident of Morris, Illinois, caught the first word of the June 29th evacuation order through Facebook. She'd seen the reports documenting a fire in an abandoned warehouse in town earlier that day in a neighborhood near one of her aging parents, for whom she is the primary caregiver, lives. 
She watched as news helicopters beamed aerial footage of the fire with plumes of smoke rising hundreds of feet in the air, noticeable enough that people looking out of the plane window as they approached Midway in Chicago wondered what was going on. She saw evacuation orders for residents in the immediate vicinity of the fire on Facebook. As the hours passed, the evacuation area continued to grow until it engulfed the block where Olson's parents lived. Then the door knocking started. Pairs of police officers and firefighters were going household to household, encouraging residents to take shelter elsewhere. Eventually, they reached her parents' doors. My parents yelled down to me. We were in the basement part of our home. Olson told Motherboard, we just got told, we gotta go, we're being evacuated. Without much notice, she carted her parents out of the home to the county health department, where evacuees were instructed to gather for a time being, but with little with little but the clothes they were wearing. Neither of them can drive anymore, and in retrospect, Olson says she feels lucky she was there to get them out. What started as an instruction for homes within a four to five block radius of the warehouse quickly became an evacuation order for the entire east side of her 13,000 person town. That's like Nic- Nicholasville is a 20,000 uh, population town. I mean, a 900 block radius involving 4,000 residents, right? Without much explanation for the fire, Olson's elderly grandfather grew sick with anxiety over the course of a few days he spent in a local health room, she recalled. Olson decided to shelter in her house just on the edge of the evacuation zone, closing all the windows and doors, but she declined, But she had to leave home on several occasions to bring her parents food, medicine, and necessities. I'm having to leave by police barricade saying, I have to go to attend my elderly parents, she said. It was very stressful. So, what the fuck? Let's get a little into this. Let's just talk about the terror, right? Mysterious, because we haven't gotten into what the. I mean, we obviously we talked about lithium at the beginning, right? So we know mm-hmm. it's a lithium fire. We're like, what the fuck? An abandoned warehouse burns down, and like, tr- like a true like eighties sci fi film. The government's just going door to door, being like, "You need to leave permanently," like type thing. I mean, gone. yeah, it's like that. Uh, fuck. Um. As it did for so many Morris residents and city officials, the fire took Olson by surprise. She had never caught on to the fact that the old federal paperboard mill was in use, much less for the storage of materials she was now being told were hazardous. She had never seen anyone go in or out of the building, nor ever heard of it being repurposed, and now whatever had been going on in there was forcing them all to leave. New records obtained by Motherboard using the FOIA request show how emergency responders try to put out the fire in the deal and deal with the ensuing confusion. The documents, as well as the interviews with the first responders and experts, reveal an emergency response system unprepared for the growing threat to a completely different kind of fire with potentially catastrophic consequences. In a town like Morris, half an hour southwest of Joliet, has a population of about 1,400. Four, sorry, 14,000. This surprised Olson. You start to wonder, how did this happen? Why was it even allowed to happen? She said, right. So, yeah, folks, I don't know. Look, if this is, if you get easily burned, bummed out, if listening to a podcast where we tell you that you may be doomed permanently um, uh, bums you out, maybe it triggers you, leave. Get out of here. We'll see you. I'll see you next class. All right. All good. And it's, it's an excused absence. Go listen. Go go read Lennon instead. You know, uh. the call came to the fire department around noon on the 29th. A structure fire had broken out of the old federal paper board building at the corner of East Benton and East Street. Chief Tracy Steves Steffs knew that the location as a, as a as any small town fire chief would like Olson. He thought it was an abandoned warehouse. Last he heard it had been used 
as it hadn't been used since a now bankrupt ag company, agriculture company, used it to store corn and grain some years ago. Steffs had driven by the supposedly vacant warehouse for years, seeing the overgrown re- weeds and decrepit trucks in the yard just across the street from people's homes, never giving any outward sign of use. Quote, I thought the building was empty, to be honest with you, Steffs told Motherboard in a recent interview. So did the Morris mayor, Chris Brown, and everyone else at City Hall. But about 15 minutes after getting to the fire, a man who I, who identified himself as an employee of the company that owned the warehouse told the firefighters what was inside. Approximately 200,000 pounds of Holy batteries, shit. most of which were lithium. <laughs> Up to that day, the Morris Fire Department had never found a, fought a lithium battery fire before. Steph said, and now it would have to battle one of the largest such fires to ever occur in the country, or perhaps even the world. <laughs> Jeez. I just realized we're doing an episode of, well, there's your problem. Whoa. Whoa. We don't even have, like, a background or anything. On what? Well, like, a background about batteries and lithium Fuck, batteries No, we're, I mean, we're just storage. reading it. Let me say this. Look. This poor man's, well, there's your problem. We're just reading a Vice article. So imagine, like... Imagine if, like, you know, uh, it turns out the Unicomp building has, like, 500,000 pounds of lithium batteries. I mean, <laughs> Unicomp is, diver- is diversifying. <laughs> and they just explode and you have to evacuate all of Kenwick. I know, man. Um, and the city love- council didn't even know. Yeah. I'm just, it's amazing to me that no one ever saw anyone going in and out of this building. Like, how do you get this much shit into a building and, like, just leave it decaying? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Imagine being the employee, just like a guy that is like supposed to work there. And it's like you get hired by some shady company. You know, you're paid nice to just sit there at this warehouse and not be noticed. Very interesting, right? As Steph's learned very quickly, lithium batteries do not catch fire, at least not in the traditional sense. Firefighters are trained to extinguish blazes with water, depriving the source of oxygen to fuel the flames. But lithium batteries don't need oxygen. Well, I mean, that's not true. They experience what's called a thermal runaway, the chemical equivalent of a train without brakes flying down a hill. Now, kind of a dumb to say. Let's get a little, let's try to speak from a, from a place of authority. Shall we, Aaron? Okay. I don't think thermal runaway is that. I don't, I don't think yeah, you don't can have a, that's... something, to, let me say this. Everyone that fights fires know there's the triangle, right? Yeah, the fire triad. The fire triad. You got air, you got fuel. What else do you have? You got air, you got fuel, and you got heat. You got heat, right? Take away one, you get rid of the fire. Yeah. Let me say this. There appears to be an extraordinary amount of heat. <laughs> <laughs> and I would hazard an extraordinary amount of fuel, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of some stuff, sometimes it doesn't matter. Do you know, mm-hmm. like when stuff gets so hot, it just be, turns out it, be, it is actually combustible. Surprise, surprise. I'm thinking, I don't know. I just find this this thermal runaway, it, description of thermal runaway, very, um, the chemical equivalent of a train without brakes flying down a hill. I do not, I, maybe, oh, fuck. <laughs> we reshoot this episode, but we, I don't know. We find some battery expert. Does anyone do anyone know any battery experts? I, mean, I know. It's, I know some things about lithium. Uh, so lithium is in the leftmost column. Okay. Well, no, we table. can't. We can't. We can't do. Yeah. Well, to first the for, to answer this question, we need to talk about 
organic chemistry. I'm kidding. Well, no, that wouldn't be organic. But anyway, yeah. lithium is highly reactive to water. Um, yeah. And you know, have you seen those videos where they drop like? Uh, oh yeah, man. I love when yeah. the, I love the videos of a cesium like going fran in. francium and cesium getting dropped in the water. Yeah. And that's in the same group. Yeah. Um, and so lithium is highly reactive to the water in the air, which is why if you you know if you stab your phone battery, it's it, bad. It's bad. So this is what I'm saying. Like, it's not. It's uh, it's a chemical fire, right? Mm -hmm. It they need to smother it. It works differently. Right. They need a dome. They need a Chernobyl dome. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what they do? No, but that's that's really well. May, I just remember reading something about the, the needing to do a Chernobyl dome for something. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe we should honestly encase the summit in a Chernobyl like dome. <laughs> um, we need to send we need to send a, a cruise in teams of five minutes mm -hmm. um, to start tearing down the Amazon stores. We tried sending the robots, but the. Uh, the uh, the raw radiation was oh, destroying. Yeah. If they made a Chernobyl dome for this, it would work. Yeah. Not only are lithium batteries extremely flammable, but their fumes are also toxic, causing potentially causing eye and nose irritation, shortness of breath, irregular heartbeats, or a heart attack, among other possible health effects, according to a lawsuit subsequently filed by the Illinois Attorney General. Right. There are likely a dozen devices in your home right now with lithium-based batter with batteries. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Everything's got a battery. Those fucking scooters on the road. They're full of fucking lithium batteries. Um, these modern electric vehicles they're making, not only are they fucking full of batteries um, and they act like a fucking you know, birthday surprise candle when you put them out, they're also, in many ways, not easily repairable, permanent, somehow structurally part of a, if you drive a Chevy Bolt, like I think they're cool or whatever, like the batteries are, are load bearing. I mean, they're structural batteries. They are formed and fitted to the, uh, to the firewall and shit like that. I mean, like it is insane. Um, what we are doing with these batteries, right? You know, whatever. I saw a Chevy Volt driving around in Lexington the other day. Oh, that's cool, man. A Volt or a Bolt? A Volt. A Volt. I thought of getting a Volt once if we want to make this car talk corner. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, in, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're likely. Doesn't... Oh, you're okay. Let me start here. Your home may have another large one to pair with the solar panels you may install one day, and your electricity provider will likely complement its wind and solar with extremely large batteries too. All these batteries, under the wrong conditions, are extremely flammable, and the fires they fuel are extremely difficult to pull out. Let's put another pin on this. I'm doing a little discretion here. Are you familiar with kinetic batteries? Kinetic batteries, Kin oh, like dams? No, um, literally. Like, 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 you know, like cars can do like, like spin them and then do oh, regenerative yeah. braking. Imagine just a big hunk of mass on two ball bearings on either sides. Right. Mm -hmm. And on one side you have an electric motor and when you're making power, you can spin it and it's in a vacuum. It's in a vacuum. There's no, uh, you know, so there's, you know, there's very few resistance. You spin it when it's in a vacuum. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's in this ball thing. Right. And when you want electricity from it, you regeneratively break it out of that thing. Huh. Um, out of thing and it's all no lithium required i find it very interesting i mean i can't imagine it lasting for super long but i've seen demonstrations of this isn't it something we should look into interesting if, if, for, if for some reason any um uh battery tycoons are listening to this podcast um because you we know so much about battery connections he turns his house into a battery that's okay. That, but that's not a real battery. Okay, anything. I'm a battery at that point, <laughs> right? Like, okay, storing storing heat and cool and in <laughs> lack of heat, keeping your home thermally isolated does not make it a battery, dude. Whatever. 
Um, you talk to Mr. Connections. I'm not going to look. It's a good channel. I'm not going to fucking pimp it on this show. Don't <laughs> listen to it. Listen to us. Um, anyway. We're the lithium experts. The problem isn't limited to warehouse storage. Honestly, after this episode, it might be incumbent on us to actually learn a lot more about lithium batteries. Waste management facilities and defective products are also vulnerable, but lack any of the reporting mechanism. The lack of any reporting mechanisms make it difficult to know the true scale of lithium of the lithium battery fire problem. A recent EPA report identified 245 fires across 64 waste management sites between 2013 and 2021, some of them experiencing chronic repeated fires across landfills, transportation vehicles, and electronic recyclers. But the report notes that this is likely an undercount. And according to Ryan Vogelman, founder of Waste360, an educational forum on waste recycling, um, without more training and resources for fire departments, the problem is likely to get worse. By making products like cell phones and laptops difficult to repair, recycling centers often are often left with the burden of handling emergencies that can arise from the storage of highly unstable element. Right? Fogelman has been cultivating a database of lithium-ion battery fires worldwide using news and government reports since 2016. To date, he's counted more than 2,200. The biggest issue is that people don't know how to put these fires out. They are, these are starting inside garbage trucks in garbage facilities and recycling facilities, and they're basically burning them down, and these guys aren't prepared for it. Uh, Willie Cade, an electronics recycling expert, agreed. What makes this such a serious problem is that we don't really know how to manage it. Manage it. I'm sure we will learn over time, but right now there could be some horrific consequences. Nobody knows for sure how the fire started. It rained on the morning of June 29th, and the lawsuit speculates a leaky roof dripped water onto some exposed batteries, causing a thermal event. But once it started, it's impossible to start. At Stop. Oh, fuck. Stop. I mean, I literally read it. Once it started, it's impossible to stop. Jesus, man. As the blaze at 900 East Benton grew on June 29th, internally within the Illinois EPA, staff were scrambling. I have a 911, one staff member told another at 1 p.m. on June 29th via Microsoft Teams. Boy, I got a bigger fucking train wreck going on for you than this, this literal lithium fire destroying a town Microsoft in Illinois. Teams. Microsoft fucking Teams. The jihad against all tech companies continues. They're all bad. Anyway, in a conversation obtained via FOIA request, Grundy County, Morris Isle, potentially 100 tons of lithium-ion batteries on fire. 90, 900 block radius, the staff member said of the evacuation notice. Byproduct of lithium burning is fluorine gas. That's not um, good. Oh yeah, then there's the then the, there's the message right there. There is uh, apparently the uh, apparently the Freedom of Information Act request included a literal screenshot of it happening, um, and at nine uh, at one p.m. on the dot, uh, wow. six twenty nine. Um, a compound that's life-threatening to ingest or absorb through the skin. Fluorine gas is just one of the cocktail of toxins that regulators found in the warehouse debris, per the EPA memo. Um, lead, which can, quote, severely damage the brain's kidneys and ultimately cause death, unquote. Cadmium, which is, quote, can, can severely damage the lungs, unquote. Copper, which, quote, does not break down in the environment, unquote, and can cause nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Nickel, which can lead to chronic bronchitis and lung and nasal sinus cancers aluminum which quote may result in respiratory and neurological problems unquote sulfuric acid which quote will burn skin unquote and quote can result in tooth erosion and respiratory tract irritation unquote and manganese which primarily affects the nervous system and can cause behavioral changes were all located at the side of that fire that day awesome a few things to say nope what's you know what's interesting you know what they didn't notice you know what and you know what uh um, thing uh, you know what element they didn't know? Methane. Lithium. Oh, it's great. 
people prescribe it. <laughs> what about gaseous lithium? Because I know manganese is a it's a vitamin you can yeah. take. Well, manganese. Part of my car is made out of manganese. Actually, really? my oil pan is made out of manganese, and I have to tell um, I have to tell uh, anyone that does my oil like please be gentle with it. Just be gentle. Um, <laughs> lithium. Why it does what it does to the human brain? Why we prescribe it? We can see its effects, but but as to the how and the why, not a not a fucking clue as to what lithium does. In fact, I mean, well, let me say this: psychology is a scam. If you are doing it, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you have your reasons, um, but like, talk about something we know shit about, right? I would sooner dedicate my life to fucking figure out what's at the bottom of the Mariana Trench than figuring out what the fuck elements do to the head. You know, that's a recipe for disaster. You know, maybe you shouldn't be building the literal fucking Tower of Babel. Like, (laughs) have you considered? Whatever. By 9 p.m., conditions at the warehouse were getting worse. Quote, evacuation area has been increased to account for shifting winds, one EPA staff member told John uh, J. Kim director of the Illinois EPA via Microsoft Teams in conversation with, with Microsoft Teams. Everyone's using Microsoft Teams. That's the thing. No one uses Microsoft Teams unless your work forces you to. And then all of a sudden, the only way of contacting these people that has any sort of immediacy is Microsoft Teams, right? And that's what's so fucked up about it, right? If you send an email, you might not get the push notification or whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, I don't have an email on my phone. But when you got when you, when you got these fuckers just, 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 just you know, like, you got just a, a harpoon hook shot through them and lodged in their abdomen that's just labeled <laughs> oh Microsoft Teams. I mean, you can tug that. You can tug on, on them whenever you want. It's fucked up. Anyway. Never coming out. Um, literally. Um, quote, did the rain increase the fire a great deal? Kim responded, quote, it has increased significantly, comma, the fire. The respondent, who I, who I I whose identity remains unclear in the FOIA documents. How? <laughs> That was the rain increase the fire? No, I believe that. I mean, it's totally. I mean, yeah. it's, it's lithium. But like, it's, oh, how, how do it? we? How do we not know who is saying this? It's screenshots of a team's conversation. It's a FOIA request. Whatever. Um, in the coming days, firefighters and staff at the EPA. In the coming days, holy shit. Were, um, taking their time. Illinois Emergency Management Agency were weighing the likelihood of the entire facility going up in flames if the unburned batteries erupted or thermal runaway from the fire got out of hand. In the days that immediately followed the evacuation, a local Salvation Army boo, started doling out free cleaning surprise. Yay. To evacuated residents to mop up the invisible pollutants and particulate matter from the fire that had made its way into their homes. Um, it was a nice gesture. <laughs> speaking of which, we should do a lame episode, bonus lame episode, lame fan meetup at uh, Chernobyl. Yes, that could be good. Lame meetup at Chernobyl. This could be fun, Aaron. That would be. I, you know, they do guided tours. Okay, but lame. we can go. We can go off the tour. We can start climbing stuff. Okay, well, wait, hold on, a second, Aaron. We could. We could do a guided a little, tour. A little Pripyat tour thing. Oh right, it's Pripyat because the Cherno- Chernobyl app, the 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 town is called Pripyat. Yes. Okay, great. Little village. Yeah, we should go through. I think that could be fun. Um, we meet up with all of our many Slavic fans mm-hmm. in um, in uh, Ukraine. Um, it could be good. Uh, anyway, I'll take my film with me. Oh great. Anyway, <laughs> back to the fire. Back to the literal raging days long fire that is covering this town with invisible pollutants. Right. 
It was a nice gesture, <laughs> Olson said, but a reminder of the uncertainty of the lasting health consequences of such a massive fire. Once the evac order was issued, Steffs decided the priority was to figure out how to get people back to their homes as quickly and as safety as possible. To do that, the fire department needed to control the fire enough to get the air quality levels back to the point where people could return. To do that, the department needed to stop the fire from spreading battery to battery. Oh, a Chernobyl dome? <laughs> What did I say from the beginning? After speaking to lithium battery fire experts around the country, Steph decided to use 20 tons of Portland cement. Wait, no way. What? Whoa. <laughs> An ingredient in quick dry concrete because it has zero moisture content or moisture. Uh, that's a weird. They got to get better. With zero moisture. It has zero moisture. This did not extinguish the fire, he said, but he was happy with it nonetheless because it, quote, bought us time, unquote. The approach was similar <laughs> to the public health concept of flattening the curve. <laughs> You're just like, fuck it, I guess it works. Fuck, man, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck, man. Controlling the pace at which the fumes were re were released, rather than having everything burn all at once at dangerous levels, had the benefit of moderating the release of, a release of potentially hazardous fumes. After about 48 hours, Morris residents were allowed to return to their homes. Ooh. The EPA placed air monitors throughout the evacuated region to keep an eye on level of particulate matter, which for the most part continued to come up clear through the end of August, inspection reports obtained by FOIA. Even so, EPA expectors continue to fear that the fire could easily reignite under heavy rainfall should a portion of the wall or roof collapse. Steph said the batteries could continue to flare up on and off for the next 28 days. And as of August 21st, as recent records as motherboard obtained showed, the EPA was waiting for permission from the site property owner to access the property for cleanup. On September 16th, the EPA announced it had reached an agreement with Superior Battery cleanup uh, to clean up the site, which quote, requires superior battery to clean up hazardous and potentially hazardous substances from the burn materials at the warehouse. Superior battery may also sample and analyze surrounding soil, water, and air to make sure it is not being contaminated and mitigate the contamination if it did. This estimated cost is around $3.6 but the Illinois Attorney General's office declined to clarify its contingency plans in case Superior's owners do not uphold the terms of the agreement or lack of the financial means to do so. See our main episode where, um, uh, where, uh, or the governor of our fine commonwealth had to just go, please, please, please. But he was friends with the, uh, with the yeah. I guess if you're secretary. not you're not friends with Superior Battery, so you have to say please, 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 pretty please, would you please do this three point eight six million dollar thing to clean up your stuff? Would you do it for us, please, just us nicely? We don't have the state capacity to do it. Um, whatever. Uh, on September 26th, the EPA announced that it reached an agreement. Oh, we already said that. Whoa, sorry, the folks. The batteries were put in an old paper warehouse. Yeah, the batteries were put in the old paper warehouse by a company named Superior Battery, which was incorporated in Illinois in 2012, according to state records. The company president is a man named Jin Zhang. The company does not have a website, nor is it listed in the yellow pages or Google Maps. All of the phone numbers mo motherboard could locate through public records associated with Superior Battery or Jin Zhang no longer work. When asked how to contact Superior Battery, the business agent who worked who who registered superior battery referred motherboard to a phone number for the owner tim tim Wu is associated with the company in a very in a various public records the person reached at the number said quote we don't have any business right now and declined to comment further and hung up holy fuck the company specializes in batteries for uninterruptible power systems (UPS), telecom systems, renewable energy uh, renewable energies, utilities, and emergency lighting systems. According to a screenshot of its old website in 2014, oh, and it, well, no, 
its old website included in a 2014 trademark lawsuit filed against the company. It offered to service these systems and, advise, and advertise the capability of safe removal and in disposal of used batteries. Superior Battery also claimed to be accredited by the Better Business Bureau, although no such business under that name shows up on the BBB website. Wicked. That's great, man. I mean, not that the Better Business Bureau is really anything. It is also not clear when Superior Battery acquired the warehouse in Morris, located at 900 East Bend. How? Wait, how does anyone... After the fire, Zeng told a local news outlet that he acquired it in 2018. The property records for that site list the most recent transactions taking place in 2016. A corporate deed for the property attained to the Grundy County Clerk's Office has, be, has the parcel being sold to Superior Battery with a date listed as October 5th, 2020. According to the deed, the grantee for Superior Battery is Tim Wu. What the f- Holy shit. Regardless, at some point, Superior Battery started using the warehouse as a storage facility for various types of batteries without anyone seeming to notice. According to an EPA memo written shortly after the fire and obtained by a FOIA request, the time in the fire warehouse had approximately 100,000 pounds of new and used lithium batteries, 50,000 pounds of damaged, defective, or recalled lithium batteries, uh, 30,000 pounds of nickel-cadmium batteries, those... I mean, those ones, just between you and me, if you're using a battery, fuck nickel cad. My hybrid uses nickel cadmium batteries. They fucking blow. No, I think they use nickel metal. All the yeah. nickel batteries nickel suck. Nickel cadmium's not even that good either because that's the one with the memory too, the battery memory. You gotta charge it all the way. What? Yeah. The fuck? So fucking stupid. Whatever. Anyway, 100,000 pounds of nickel metal hydride batteries. That's the kind that I own. Um, five, 855-gallon drums of damaged lead acid batteries yeah man Twenty thousand gallons of runoff water oh huh so maybe that's where the maybe that's i sir i think i found all your water um you, you put the lithium and, and the, the water, water in the and you, same and you put them together in the same facility and you not not only is it the lithium with the water it's the lithium that does the electricity the damaged lithium batteries the damaged lithium the battery the batteries with with parentheses that do electricity you know mm -hmm. um fuck man 10 to 20 cubic yards of quote hazardous and non-hazardous debris <laughs> And quote, and just because, fuck it, numerous pallets of e-waste such as solar panels and TVs. Awesome. Import records show Superior Batteries received at least 20 shipments of batteries, cords, and other electronics from China since 2007. There were two main – wait, from 2007? 2007. 2007 but, but they didn't – the company didn't start till 2012. Well, maybe they – maybe – let's give them benefit of the doubt. Maybe they had a different location that they moved. But no, they said the, the – a different location outside of Illinois? I don't know, maybe. <clears throat> anyway, whatever. The these there were two main hazards with the waste superior battery allegedly stored its inventory, according to a lawsuit filed by Illinois Attorney General in interviews with experts conducted by Motherboard. First, the warehouse was ill suited for such storage. It was not hooked up to any utilities, it could not control the temperature or shield the batteries and the elements, both important safety mechanisms to keep batteries in stable states. The roof was also open in spots and prone to leaking. Lithium batteries can, quote, react violently with water and catch fire, especially when damaged, unquote, the EPMM stated. Folks, you didn't need to listen to the EPA to hear it. Um, I think it's obvious. Uh, the second problem was that Superior Battery doesn't appear to have told anyone they were storing batteries there. 
It never acquired a permit from the uh, Illinois Environmental Protection Agency to store or dispose of waste at the site because firefighters didn't know the hazardous materials were inside. It is impossible for them to respond to the fire appropriately. Spraying water on a lithium fire probably won't help and likely only makes it worse. <laughs> Knowledge that is only useful if firefighters are aware that they're dealing with batteries to begin with. And because the Morris firefighters weren't, they, quote, used water for fire suppression, unquote, which the lawsuit stated caused lithium batteries to explode. Oh, my God. Even days after the explosion, state officials were still scratching their heads about Superior and the abandoned building's purpose. Bobby Elsie, manager of the emer emergency response at the Illinois EPA, raised a matter to co a colleague on July 1st in a Microsoft Teams, message, Teams message obtained by a FOIA request. He sent a link to an offer-up page tagged, tagged in Morris that belonged to someone with the same name as Tim Wu from the deed transfer. A slew of lithium-ion batteries, each a different voltage, were listed on the site along with a Toyota forklift posted for <laughs> and a children's toy truck posted for one hundred dollars it's a it's a seven thousand dollar forklift um the rp site for selling things elsie said in the message doesn't seem to just be storage anymore Cade, the used electronics expert, visited the warehouse in mid-October. The air on the warehouse still smelled of smoke. The center of the warehouse with unburned boxes sat untouched. Pallets with charged equipment were strewn around the site. Next to the boxes, a golf cart with a dented hood remained. Among the debris, another pink and light blue... Oh, wait. What? One blue... One that debris, two bicycles. Oh, sorry, two bicycles. Sorry, that was key. Um, yet somehow they still look right. Okay, great. For the thought... God, man... Truly, the Illinois children. Well, they got the picture there. Yeah, they have a photo. Um, the EPA's announcement was that Superior agreed to clean up the site. Said the uh, that Superior agreed to, to to clean up the site. Said the efforts would begin in October. But Olson says she drove past the warehouse recently too, and it remains in disarray. There's just temporary fencing and a couple of trailers blocking the view, but there's still very much a building that's still upright. Olson said we don't know what's the status of where the batteries are, what stage of containment it is. And has the kin it it's kin is has the contaminant been Fuck, removed? Sorry, guys. And I'm if so, so, has it been removed safely? And what about the long term effects this is going to be? Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Individual batteries catching fire are a safety hazard, but a warehouse full of batteries is a potential catastrophe, as like Morris experienced. And as a bigger lithium batteries become commonplace, their storage and disposal become increasingly hazardous, particularly when the basic safety protocols aren't followed. <sighs> While there are several regulations around the safe transport of lithium batteries, there are few clear regulations around the storage of lithium batteries. Even the EPA's own guide admits determining what chemicals are inside any specific battery can be difficult and whether it's hazardous enough for the, to qualify the business as a hazardous waste generator, which comes with additional regulations. Broadly, the EPA refers to companies to the Code of Federal Regulations for Hazardous Waste Management regarding how to manage waste, how to label containers, how long the waste can be accumulated on site, and where the waste can be sent, among others. But there is no widely available central database showing which warehouses in your area are stacked with flammable, potentially toxic batteries. It is that potential for more fires like this one Steph's had to fight that he's worried about. He thinks that regulations need to be updated to, a man to mandate batteries not to be stacked so close together, to be spaced a certain distance apart so one battery fire doesn't lead to others, and to create a reporting system so fire departments can know which buildings store batteries. Kate agreed with all these recommendations, particularly the reporting system, and added that he'd like to see fire departments across the country proactively trained on how to identify and handle lithium battery fires, such as in electric vehicles that catch fire due to damaged batteries from either a crash or defect, rather than forcing them to learn 
as the batteries burn. He'd added that he'd like to see a national effort to simply track and identify these fires so we know how often they occur. Are we prepared for it? We're not. I don't think anyone in the nation is, Steph said. I think we're playing catch-up with them because I think we have a lot of lithium batteries out there that are some of the first-generation lithium batteries that are already in the end of life or coming to end of life. And so we're going to have this issue across the nation. So They've got the whole document here. Yeah, they actually have the whole FOIA document. Very nice. The... We are building a battery plant, and currently, I'm not aware of any discussion about what should be done with it, the batteries. I mean, you know, not like, I don't know. What did we learn from this episode? What did we learn from this? Dispose of your lithium properly. How to do it properly? No. Not with the guy. Not with these guys. You know. <sighs> Whatever. Um, you know that. I, I there was one of my coworkers this summer. He he had a whole lithium scare. Remember remember when the when the Galaxy Samsung Galaxy notes were like exploding. In yeah, the that's a classic. Um, well, he the had first something... ever glued in batteries. Idiots, idiots. He had this whole thing. I, I don't know what kind of phone it was, but his phone started expanding and getting hot oh. and then it burst into flames. Oh, that's great. Um, in his house. And so oh. he had to, he had to go outside and put like a metal bowl on top of it. Yeah. To like stop. And he was like, guys, I can't come into work today. I just had a crazy experience. My house almost burned down. Yeah. Holy shit. Exactly. Um, so yeah, Hardin County is where they're building. Okay, cool. I was, I was right. Yeah. Hardin County. And they said there's another one. Um, but I'm in Glendale. Glendale. On I-65. Well, guys. In Glendale. The best is yet to come. Is all I'll say about lithium fires. Um, what will happen to the people long-term of Morris? Well, that's for you and me to live out personally. Anyway. Should we end it? Let's do it. All right. Great. Thanks, guys, for listening. This is lame. Um, a bonus, bonus lame, extra special lame. Um, oh, I didn't. I had a little bit about it. The, the the lame executive boundless luxury content lounge was what I wanted to call it. And, and, and the lame had two A's. And it was, listen, all about me. Because it was like the, it was like the fucked up lame. It was like evil lame. It oh, was yeah. Like it's, it's all about individualism. Mm-hmm. But um, this is very... It totally wasn't. It was just it's just a stupid whatever. It's a one off. It's a it's a one off, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. I don't know when this one's going out. But uh whatever. Um uh, I'm Jenry. I'm Aaron. Uh, this has been lame. <laughs>